Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, well. It's feeling mighty festive in the studio. The eggnog usually doesn't start this early in the month. but uh, <laughs> We needed it today. It appeared. Did you bring this in this morning, Joey? Is this your eggnog? No, that's not That's not mine. It's mine now. <laughs> Are you, you're not even going to share it, huh? That's okay, I'll let you have some. Uh, that'll make the show good. No, I guess it's for the listener. You're supposed to drink the eggnog, then the show will sound better. Oh, so okay. if you have eggnog at home, go on over to your refrigerator now and grab some for the show. Uh, we have today a pet nanny. She Actually, she's not a pet nanny anymore. She was a pet nanny. She actually sold her business, and she wrote a book about the, the, the curious connection between animal owners and their pets and some of the weird things that she had to do as a pet nanny. I know I, that... I can relate. I could write a book myself. How many animals do you sit? Oh, I have a, quite a few list. regulars, and then I pick up new ones all the time. What are the weird things that uh, pet owners ask you to do for their pets? Anything strange? Anything strange. You know, no, they're they're pretty normal. Pretty normal. Well, the one has, you know, I have to make sure that the dogs get their green beans every day. Sure. So Well, that's, that's, that's pretty normal. Yeah. They want me to go over to their house every two hours. Oh, that's... Do oh you, what about on the weekends and uh, holidays? Do you have to work those days? Oh, definitely. Those are your best days. And you get... You get it's like you, extra pay because it's a holiday pay, so you can actually charge more if somebody wants you to watch their animal over the holidays. Yeah. Hmm. I guess my, my, my worst one, not anything strange, but I had a dog, the dog that just wanted to kill me. Oh, my God, this dog. He did not like you at all? No. Way? He, he bit wow. me. When I went over there to introduce myself, <gasps> oh. this dog bit me. I haven't been bit in 40 years, and uh, they were going to be gone away for 10 days. And I told them, oh, I, no. said, I said, it's my goal. This dog is going to be my best friend. They're like, well, I said, well, it's, it's going to be. I'm determined. And I tell you How'd what. You do? By the third day, this dog was on my lap. Oh, wow. I wonder how many there pet sitters go. they went through before. Well, you know, they said they've never left her because she's just too mean. She can't. They can't have anybody oh. come into the house. And boy, She just needed to get to know you. Uh, I took pictures, and they could not believe it. And then when I, <laughs> I went over there to turn in the key at the end, and I said, watch this. And I called her, and she came running to me and Aww. did her circle and jumped up and licked me and kissed me, and they were just shocked. Uh, I, I think there's going to be more entertaining stories with this pet sitter. She's been doing it for a long time time and yes. she's she's running into a lot of weird animals so we'll talk to her in just a few minutes right here on animal radio also our hero this week is how old is she 80 she's 84, 84 years, years old, old. Mm-hmm. you just have to wait yeah i don't want to give this one out. away you have to find out what this courageous little old lady did Joey Volani, the dog father, what do you got on the show today? Well, we're going to, it's, it's almost like a buyer beware um, segment today, um, where we're going to talk about, you know what, what you should know about your professional groomer before you bring your dog in there and, you know, really what to look out for. And Tammy, what are you working on in the newsroom? Well, one thing that really has been driving me nuts over the past couple of years is breed-specific legislation. legislation rather. I hate where it. Ci- I do, too. Mm-hmm. Where cities ban certain types of breeds, specifically pit bulls and Rottweilers. Not not getting to know the dog or anything. Just if it's that or if that, it's gone. Well, I've got the story of Zeus from Louisiana. Zeus is this big, beautiful, gorgeous, mushy pit bull who actually is a service dog to a young lady with some health issues. And they said Zeus had to go or they were going to destroy Zeus. But you know what? Zeus just won. So I'll have the story of Zeus and his victory. Okay, that's on the way right here. That's kind of cool because, you know, I never thought about that. 
What if your pit bull, yeah. which was banned, uh-huh. is your service dog? Like in uh-huh. Denver. And this one is. Denver, Colorado, for instance, they don't allow pit bulls within the city limits. What no. if? Absolutely. Huh. I guess you'd have to move. I don't know if they make exceptions. Well, well, we'll find out with this news story coming up in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. How about we answer your questions right now? Dr. Debbie's chomping at the bit, also for dog father Joey Villani, all toll free. And don't forget, download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download, and you can ask your pet questions directly from the app. Pretty simple, as well as listen to the show, and there's a lot of resources over there. So go ahead and download that app right now. Uh, let's go to the phones. And we have Jeanette. Is it Jeanette? Hi, Jeanette. Yes. How's your toy poodle? Um, she's fine. What's going on with her? What's her name? Uh, Sophie. How's Sophie today? Yes. Uh, well, I just got home, and she's been uh, not caged, but uh, put in the kitchen while I was gone for a couple of hours. Uh-huh. She's happy to see mm-hmm. me. Good. But um, And she's a good little dog. She's very loving, very affectionate. She's uh, uh, She listens to commands and everything, and she's two years old. But we have a couple little problems with her. Uh, one of them, she rolls a ball around the house all the time. And when she gets it in a place where it's hard for her to get out, she gets very frustrated and starts pulling on the carpet and pulling she, up Did you say she rolls all over the house? Rolls a ball around she the house. She rolls the ball. Oh, she rolls the ball. around the house with her nose. Okay, all right. And I was does, envisioning I mean, her rolling. An hour, you know, she'll go for an hour with that thing all over the place. Okay. That's, that's her fun time, I guess. But when she gets it stuck in a place that uh, we have to tell her to back it up, so if she has trouble backing it up, she'll grab a piece of the rug and pull on it. So oh, dear. I if there's okay. any way I can break her from that. Well, um, in this behavior is only occurring when she's playing her ball regimen? Yes. Okay, well, I guess the simplest thing that I'm going to say is that we, we need to control that ball-playing activity um, because especially if it's something she does almost to an obsessive level, um, there's a, a bit of anxiety. It's fun, but it can be a bit of an anxiety-driving uh, experience so that she may not um, do her normal thing. Her behaviors may be inappropriate at that time, and digging or you know tearing up the carpet um, is just a factor of her anxiety with wanting to get to that ball. Mm-hmm. So either we, A, control the timing and the area that she has while she's playing ball, um, or we deal with some shoot-up carpet and torn-up carpet, because yeah. um, there's not going to be an easy way as long as we allow her to play her game on her time without direct supervision. Mm-hmm. Now, there's other ways we can make this game um, maybe a little bit more of an outlet for her. So if we can take the ball outside, throw it, have her does she do retrieving activities or is it just where she pushes it uh, she pushes it and i play soccer with her you know we'll okay. have this all back and forth okay because if we can have a little bit more control over that playtime, where she can find the ball retrieve it you know or you can play back and forth with her that is going to decrease some of her anxiety if it gets out of her reach mm-hmm. and then she's forced to start to do some of these behaviors that are a little bit more on the obsessive line mm-hmm. so that that's probably going to be the easiest thing the other thing that i would make sure we do is that we give her some other physical outlet um besides the ball um, because it really can become truly a, a problem a fun toy and, and I have a couple dogs that come here in my office and if we pull out a ball it, it's like they're in the zone and nothing else in this world matters and they're just totally focused on that well, and that can really is. become I'm sorry that's the way she is if I pick up her ball to take it outside she actually barks and whines she wants me to put that ball back down 
Yeah, yeah, she wants it. So I would say we need to also find some other outlets for physical activity for her. You know, and she may not love it like she loves the ball, but what it will do is it will help to expend some of that energy, especially that nervous energy that we're building up as we're playing ball. So we take her out. We go out running. We go out for walks. Um, you know, whatever it is that we can do for her that doesn't directly draw on that, that kind of the uh, obsessive uh, behavior with her ball and uh, do that in addition to her playtime with the ball and, and see if we can kind of wear her down a little bit and then just make sure you control the game that's that's truly the best that i can say as far as other than recarpeting your house that we're going to oh, be able to just, control she pulls that out just one little one little strand of carpet not like a big hole or anything just one little tuft yeah, that'd be more if she was a rottweiler i suppose you know <laughs> <laughs> mini poodles well, you know, they're... yeah well oh, she's, well she's a good dog though Wonderful. Thank you so much for your call. We appreciate you calling, and good luck with that. Hopefully uh, she can still enjoy enjoy her ball game and uh, leave the carpet at bay there. (laughs) This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, it's Party Animal Time on Animal Radio. Vinnie Penn coming at you. All right, so those of you who have been following the Party Animal segment all this time know that I live in Connecticut, getting a lot of snow this winter. But I got to tell you something. Before Christmas, at one point I got very creative. I noticed some weird footprints in the snow in front of my house. And I grabbed my daughter and I lifted her up and I said, do you see those footprints over there? And she was, her eyes went wide and I said, I think it's a reindeer. And I was very proud of myself. I was quick and I point, I'm like, they're staking out the house. Santa sent a reindeer to stake out a house to bring all your gifts. And these footprints, I really can't trace what the animal is. But the other day, I saw them leading up and around behind the shed. And my daughter spotted them. And she said, is the reindeer coming back? And I said, no. And quite frankly, daddy's a little worried. And she said, well, go behind the shed and and see what it is. Now, I looked at these footprints. I got to take a picture. I'm going to talk to the gang at Animal Radio and see if I can take a picture of this footprint and and maybe we can post it on the Animal Radio site and you you people can tell me what it is. If you ask me, I think it's a gigantic raccoon. It's like a half raccoon, half bear. That's what I think. And I will never go behind the shed. If if my daughter ran by, Daddy, I'm going to go and find out. I would just yell, you're on your own. Let me know what it is. Vinny Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. In Amsterdam, a zookeeper's house cat has adopted a baby red panda and is nursing the cub along with her own kittens. A spokesperson from the Artist Zoo explained that two red panda cubs were abandoned by their mother for some reason, leaving them alone in the cold. The zoo stepped in and put the cubs in an incubator where one was too weak and died. The other was adopted by a cat who had just given birth to kittens. Red pandas are an endangered species who look more like a raccoon than a giant panda. They mature to just a bit bigger than a house cat. So the zoo plans to let the cub nurse with his cat family for a few months before bringing out some bamboo and fruit. I'm not thinking he'll have to fight with his kitten siblings for that meal. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. 
Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process, cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book. Biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book. No matter what genre, Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. I cannot wait till today's Hero of the Week. She is an 84-year-old Chicago gal. Apparently saved a dog. And I cannot wait to hear that story. That's all in the way right here on Animal Radio in just a couple of minutes. But first, it's your calls. Uh, we go to Evie. Hi, Evie. Hello. Where are you calling from today? I'm from Simi Valley, California. The beautiful L.A. area. Okay, so what can we do for you? i got the whole team here. My cat I've had for about nine months. And probably in the last three months, she has pooped in my shower three times. Okay. Nice surprise when you get up in the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, okay, nice. <laughs> and can I ask you, what did, was the poop normal? Was there anything unusual about it? It looked normal to me. And do you have other kitties too, Evie? No, I have a dog. All righty. So um, what are you currently using for your litter box and where is it located? It's located in my office. It's like a cardboard box kind of, and you put the box inside it and has a little door to go in. As far as, is there just that one box? Just one box, yes. Okay. All right. Well, um, and she's relatively new to you. Um, have Has she been rehomed? Was she an older kitty, or do you know her history prior? I don't know the history. I believe the rescue place got her from the shelter, so I okay. don't know. Okay. Well, some specifics that we might go into might be a little bit challenging because a lot of times when we talk about litter box issues with kitties, a lot of it is sleuth work and kind of looking at the layout of the house. And especially if we have a cat and dog household, I do like to look at the traffic flow, if you will, because even if cats and dogs get along and seem to tolerate each other, it can be upsetting if you're in the loo and a dog comes running by, stiffs their nose, sticks their nose up your backside and while you're doing your business. So that can actually create some um, uh, unwillingness to go back to the litter box or to use it in the future. So we do have to look at the floor plan in that way and make sure that we have opportunities for the kitty to get to the bathroom in an unobstructed way where we don't have to pass by where the dog is or where, you know, a busy door or family members or, you know, people are coming and going. So that's an important thing to look at. When I hear of a kitty that's pooping in an, an unusual place, but using the litter box otherwise for urine yeah. and in many cases for the, the stool on a normal basis, it 
yeah. really tells me there's something wrong in the litter box environment. Something that your cat is not happy with. And it may be something that um, was aversive that happened in the litter box. Maybe she had some pain in the litter box or the dog came by or something fell on her head. That's an aversion that they develop to the litter box site when they're either urinating or defecating. So that kind of memory, if you will, will kind of set up this behavior where they'll go elsewhere. The other thing is that we can just have a total substrate substrate preference. So, you know, we buy the kind of cat litter that we think we like or that we think our cat is going to like, but many cats don't follow the rules on the most common um, uh, chosen litter litter, uh, substrate. So, you know, the scoopable litter is great for some cats. Some prefer the clay. There are cats that actually prefer smooth surfaces. So it is possible your cat could really dig the way it feels to poop on a smooth surface. Um, There are cats that prefer carpeting as well. So some of your homework is going to be to do a couple things. One would be, first thing I would do is give her an alternate litter box site somewhere else in the home. And it may be in the bathroom. It may be in some cats' situations. I'll put it exactly where the offensive uh, uh, problem is. Now, granted, you're not going to... You know, shut down your shower necessarily, but it may mean that you need to put a litter box in the bathroom or really, very close nearby. It may even be by the doorway to the bathroom. And we try to set up a, a pattern of usage and consistent use. And um, in the meantime, you may want to make sure she has some limited access to the shower. Shut the shower door, maybe leave a little bit of water if you have a tub kind of shower set up. Um, I didn't something close of- the door because I thought, well, if she has to go somewhere, that's probably the easiest to clean. Yeah, it is, but then you're still not solving the problem. So then okay. you're just kind of, you're, you're being a, you know, a facilitator for that behavior. Okay. Um, so giving her options and solutions, but taking away that, that particular option that you don't want her to have. So don't okay. just shut the door and leave the existing box that it is. That, that's not going to work. Um, but then your other homework is going to be to make sure that that box is as clean as we can possibly imagine. So do you use scooping litter or the clay style or? Scooping litter. Scooping. Okay, so no matter what kind of litter you're using, twice a day, you're going to have to scoop the poop and uh, okay. pick up any of the waste. If you, okay. Since you have the clumping litter, we need to chew a complete change out every two weeks, throw away the old stuff, clean the pan with a um, non, um, non-ammonia-scented um, uh, cleanser, uh, nothing with fragrance in it. We're just going to use some, maybe just some dish soap would be all you need. Okay. Um, for, for folks that have clay litter, they need to be changing out that box two times a week when we have a cat that's not using it faithfully. Oh. And uh, what I often will do is with cats that aren't pooping in the right place is the, the easiest thing we can do to fix this problem is to get a bigger box. Um, so that's one thing. And the under the storage, um, under bed storage um Plastic containers, those are great things. And in many cats, we want to really make it big enough so that they can move, turn around. So get rid of the lid. (laughs) And I want to make sure your litter box is one and a half times the length of your cat's body. Um, if we don't, um, a lot of cats will kind of perch on the side and act like, you know, uh, I, this is okay, but I'm not, not really digging it. So bigger box, get rid of the lid, um, give her an alternate site, and then shut that bathroom door. And, uh, you know, don't let it keep on going because you, you definitely want to correct these problems before we set up a long-term pattern of this behavior. It's much harder to fix in, the, in those situations. Okay, sounds good. I have homework. You sure do. And what's your kitty's name? You didn't even say. 
Her name is Shimmer. Shimmer. Oh. All right. Yes. All my best to Shimmer. And, and yeah, just, you know, give her some options. You know, a lot of cats, they're just dying to tell us what they want in their bathroom. It's kind of like a kid with a, you know, decorating their room when they turn 13. What color do you want it? Oh, I want <laughs> litter that shimmers. <laughs> it's very important to her. Okay. Thanks for your call, Evie. Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book. Biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book. No matter what genre, Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide, packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. The battle to save Zeus appears to have been won. Authorities in the Louisiana village of Moroville appear to have backed off on their demands that Zeus be gotten rid of or be destroyed. In October, Moroville passed a law banning pit bulls or Rottweilers. When they targeted Zeus, the whole thing blew up on national television and on the Internet. Zeus is a pit bull, and he helps the Owen's daughter, O'Hara, who uses a wheelchair and has spasms, which Zeus can monitor and gets her help when she needs it. An online petition to save Zeus garnered nearly 80,000 signatures. There was a Facebook page that simply exploded, and the story ended up all over the national news, including CNN. Now the Moraville City Board says no pets of any breed will be seized and that they will work to properly enforce the village's leash law rather than banning certain breeds of dogs. Yay. Well, here's another one of those stories to remind all of us never to give up on a missing dog. A woman in the Philippines has her dog back a year after Super Typhoon hit. Here's what happened. The family had to leave their three dogs when they evacuated their home ahead of the typhoon. A typhoon, rather. Two of them drowned, but Bunny was there when they returned a few days later. Well, the house was nearly destroyed, so they left Bunny with relatives. Somehow, she went missing again in the chaos after the storm. Well, last month... A year later, they saw a dirty stray dog rooting through a trash bin on the streets. They called her name, and yes, it was Bunny. She's now safely back home. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Time for another Nutrilife pet tip. Get to know your dog and look out for signs that might indicate that your dog is sick. Your dog should normally have a hearty appetite, but if they suddenly develop a loss of appetite... Or perhaps they have increased vomiting or diarrhea. Or they've become very thirsty and they have an increased need to urinate. Or you see that your dog is confused or weak. These are all symptoms of liver disease. So get in tuned with your dog. And make sure you can spot any symptoms of ill health. That was a Nutrilife pet tip. You're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. 
You do a little bit of pet sitting, don't you? I do. I do in my local area. I go out into people's homes and watch their pets, and I've brought a few to my house, and I do a lot of dog walking. Do you get a lot of business? Actually, I do. I live in a very pet-friendly area, and I've never lived somewhere where I've seen so many people out walking their dogs. Everyone has animals here. Does it pay well? You know what? It pays okay. I can set my own price, and uh, yeah, it pays. Sometimes it pays better than animal radio, but... Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> I know. Yeah, you can, you know, if you, it depends on how many jobs you take. You know, I do it part-time, but if I did it full-time, so if I quit animal radio and did it full-time, I'd be, I'd be okay. See, you'd be I okay. see, I wouldn't be good. <laughs> Why is that? Especially because I'd be, I'd be, want, I'd want to be checking out people's houses. You know, I'd be snooping a little bit. <gasps> You're oh, one of those. Yeah, I mean, I was listen. I'd never take anything, but you know, I want to. I want to check it out. You're the kind of guy that you invite over for a party, and you go to the bathroom and you look in the closet to see what kind of the, meds the are medicine there. Oh, I, I absolutely. Yeah, I'm that guy. Okay, yeah, so the next time Joey comes over, we'll fill it with marbles. <laughs> oh, that well, would be that, fun. That's okay. That's all the medicines we really take, anyway. Is just marbles. Marbles. So it looks. <laughs> They're already in there. But uh, I don't want to go off track here. It pays okay for you. Unfortunately for you, I guess it means that Thanksgiving and uh, the you, New Year's and all the holidays. You work a lot of holidays, yes. You're working because yes. people are away from their animals. Those are your busiest times. You know who made a living doing this was our next guest, Lindsay Grant. And she actually sold her business. I believe she was in it for almost 10 years. We'll find wow. out in just a couple of seconds here. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, now, we're calling you in Switzerland, right? That's right. And we'll get to how you got there in just a, a second, but you originally lived in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, is that correct? I did, yes, many years ago. You had a pet sitting business. So I founded the business just a few months after graduation, and I ran the business for two years. If you sold the business, it must have been worth something, obviously, to, to be able to uh, sell the business after a few years of running it. Well, that's right. It was a surprise to me as well that somebody else could come along and simply buy my client list. And there was no obligation for my clients to go with that person. But there was value in simply having access to these people who may or may not ultimately choose to, you know, use them as a pet sitter or a dog walker. And um, I was quite surprised and very pleased, as you might imagine. Sure. Uh, So why are you in Switzerland? So my husband was transferred here from the Bay Area to work, and so we moved here two years ago. Okay, and you wrote this book, which kind of summarizes your your life as a a pet sitter. Now, it includes, well, you know, pet sitting is not glamorous. It includes scooping big poops and (laughs) dealing with lots of pee and urine and and Uh serious dog, bad dog breath and animals that go crazy. You must have a lot of stories that you put in this that meant something to you. Well, this book, I think, is a coming-of-age story as much as it is a story about animals. And this business that I ran was really a time for me to learn as much about humans as I did about the pets that I was taking care of. I just had a tremendous education working with the clients that I, you know, the pets that I was taking care of, uh, the pet owners, and then my fellow dog walkers. And you know, the, the pet owners are not normal people. When you say they're, you're good, they're, they're, they're a whole different breed by themselves when you go to watch somebody. Is this pet. true? <laughs> and I am, I am so guilty of being exactly that person that I used to work for. I now have two cats, and I find myself doing exactly the types of things that I write about in the book. And like I what? Think, oh, my goodness. Like I've what? come full circle. Making them custom meals or 
doing hours worth of internet research because they have the sniffles um, just going above and beyond what I think perhaps is normal for an animal because many animal owners know we grow so attached. I mean, they become family. And as young as I was and not having had pets of my own, this was really eye-opening for me to step into these homes and take on the role of the animal owner and do all those things for them while they were away. Any stories come straight to mind, like uh, Charlie the Gaseous Greyhound. I was I was told I should ask you about Charlie. <laughs> Charlie was one of the dogs that I did not get along with so well. There were some animals that I just loved with my whole, whole heart and some that, as with people, we just didn't quite see eye to eye. And um, in addition to having some, I would say, personality differences, yes, he was stunningly gaseous. He ate a a diet full of dairy and um, would come in the room with me, emit that gas, and then promptly leave so that I was left there alone. (laughs) The dog did it. He knew what he was doing. He did. (laughs) Were there any pet owners that just drove you crazy? You know, the rule rather than the exception, excuse me, is that I tended to prefer the pets uh, to to the humans. And that's also why I took this job, because I just love animals and I have found that I get along or I used to think I got along better. And so sometimes with the owners, these things that they would want me to do, for example, singing a song to their dog to make her go to the bathroom because they claimed that was the only (laughs) way that she would go number two, um, is a great example of the things that I would think, really? (laughs) Just think about that for a moment. But, you know... They probably made that up. To do it. <laughs> well, I encourage listeners to pick up the book. Of course, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. It's a great stocking stuffer. You know, I mean, I'm in the business, so I could really relate, and I, <laughs> I got comparable stories. But even if you aren't, it's a funny, great book. I want to talk to you about Switzerland now, because oh, it, it is completely different than, you know, we find that a lot of European countries are considered more advanced in, in the pet welfare world. For instance, mm. declawing is really illegal in most of the European countries. Right. That's exactly right. You there have a, have kind of a weird law that dictates that animals must lay eyes on another animal or human one time per day? That's exactly right. This it, notion of going away for a long weekend and leaving a big bowl of food for your cats, it's actually not allowed here. Wow. And so far, we have not been policed at all. Nobody has come to our house to check, but they make it very clear when you adopt a dog, for example, you have to take a course and pass a test in order to adopt a dog. Wow. We have animal shelters and adoption agencies everywhere here in the U.S., as you know. But that's yeah. not the, that's really not the situation where you live, is it? It's a completely different setup here which was such an education for me. Here, they're more like foster parents that have one or two cats all throughout the country, and they register in a database. So in order to find a cat here, we had to go online, find the cat we liked, see where in Switzerland it was, and then travel to the home of this foster parent to meet the cat. And so we ended up adopting two cats because, as I discussed, it's strongly encouraged that it be a two-cat household. And um, so, yeah, we (laughs) traveled to two different homes in Switzerland and brought two cats home with us that way. 
Hey, listen, I'm going to go ahead and give out your book right now. I encourage listeners to check it out. It's called Sleeps With... Well, this is the website, sleepswithdogsbook.com. And the book called Sleep With Dogs, Tales of an Animal Nanny at the End of Her Leash. It's a great book, and I have nine copies to give away right now. If you're not lucky enough to get through, as I always say, head on over to Amazon or your favorite bookstore and order it. The author, once again, joining us, Lindsey Grant, the book Sleeps With Dogs, Tales of an Animal Nanny at the End of Her Leash. This is Animal Radio. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. You're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Uh, let's see. We're going to three. We have Sarah for the doc. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Dr. Debbie's right here for you. What can we do for you today? Well, I have, um, uh, she's one year and six months, and she's a Jack Russell. And she's a really good dog and a very smart dog. When it comes to hunting, like if a squirrel goes by, and I have no control. And I wondered what you advise for me to teach her to listen to me versus hunt. Okay. And is this when she's on leash or is this uh, if she's off leash? It doesn't really matter. I have cats at the farm and she's not trying to hurt them, but she, she loves to chase. So I have to keep her tied up or in the pen because she would she's just obsessed with them. And you know what? When you said um, Jack Russell and chasing, they kind of fit into almost a category of their own. Um, such super dogs, high energy though, and they particularly can be actually some of the worst cat killers out there um, because they're fast and they're bred basically for chasing critters. Um, now, for any dog, chasing is a kind of a prey chasing instinct, and it can be very strong for some dogs. Jack Russells, I do find that this can be a a special problem for them. The hard thing is, is that we can try to train her away from that response to seeing those critters, but in some dogs, we can fail. And some of that instinct is just so strong that little critters around them can be at risk and they can really hurt and kill kill these little guys so um all that being said we proceed with caution and um what i would really work on is we basically work on what's called focused attention exercises so basically what we're going to do is with a quiet situation indoors with no critters around we're going to start a training program uh start on a leash even indoors because that way you keep attention and you keep control of where your doggy's going and we want to have her rewarded for looking at you for listening to you just staring at you and that you're going to do by giving her constant treats now when you're doing that you don't want to reward her and give her treats while she's looking away you want her to sit stay look at you and you just feed her a treat and you keep feeding her treats and hopefully we won't get a fat dog out of this and hopefully we'll get a dog who understands that this is what you do and you get praised. Pay attention to mom. And then we're going to gradually work up 
two situations that can be a little bit more interesting. There's things going on, uh, people or other animals nearby. And the idea with that is we just make it so overwhelming of a good thing and reward her attention towards you and not pay attention to those other animals. And if she does, we don't want to make a big deal. We don't want to scream and yell because then we can create more anxiety in the issue and feed this problem. So that's the basic core to it. Now you can do that with treats. You can do it. Some folks have a lot of luck with uh, clicker training. Um, and that's a great tool uh, to help catch a dog's attention and train them to a behavior. So that would be something that could be considered as well. And, you know, just like I said, the big thing is some of these little terriers are just really tough on this. So you have to be very, very cautious. Um, and it may take a little work with even a trainer to kind of help you on the ground with some of these things. Um, but, uh, you know, you can, you can get there. It's just a lot of uh, energy has to be focused on um, everyone in the household to train her to do in this. It's the time of year when everyone is out shopping, fighting for parking spaces, and spending way too much money, all in pursuit of the perfect present. Maybe the best gift is one we already enjoy every day. This season, why not consider the presence of our animal friends as our present? Animals gift us with their lives for our comfort and convenience. They lift our spirits, inspire great works of art, song, and poetry, and are the most agreeable companions. All it takes is one small, cheerful sparrow in the backyard to remind us that we are never alone. Scientific studies show that the unconditional love of our pets can touch and heal us in magnificent ways. People experience lower blood pressure, stress, and heart rates when in the presence of their animal companions. Those who have suffered heart attacks live longer if they have an animal friend than if they don't. And people with pets just make fewer trips to the doctor's office. If we are suffering from depression, having a dog to walk, a cat to care for, a bird to talk to, or even watching fish in an aquarium helps us find a focus outside our sadness and allows us to connect with the larger world. When horses allowed us on their backs, they gifted us with the ability to travel farther than our own two feet could ever carry us. Today, it is still horsepower that gets us to the mall. Pigeons have saved the lives of soldiers by carrying secret information across enemy lines. The seashell murex gives its life to gift us with the color purple. Bats gift us with lovely and peaceful twilights by eating mosquitoes. For the ancient Romans, a magical woodpecker brought rain to refresh and revitalize a city. That is a great present. It was Raven who brought fire to humankind. And in the Quran, the Saluki breed of dog is considered a gift of Allah. One of the most prized gifts one could receive from the ancient Chinese emperor was one of his royal dogs. And how long would Noah have been adrift if a dove had not found land? A recent study found that workers would be willing to take a cut in salary and work longer hours if they could bring their dog to work. A survey by Time magazine found that playing with a pet improved one's mood more than exercise, eating, or sex. If you happen to be ill in France and a ladybug lands on you, she will fly away with your sickness. Earthworms work the soil so our flowers will flourish. Bees give us honey. And my favorite, butterflies prove to us that even if we sometimes creep like a caterpillar, we hold within us 
the power to spread our wings and fly. So during this holiday season, consider the presence of your animal friends as your present and have your presence be their present too. Visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.com. Happy Holidays from Voice of the Animal and Rayanne Cumulos. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance. And in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs. So whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800 Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Tammy, what are you working on this hour? Well, Hal, I know you are a huge devotee and fan of Justin Bieber. Oh, yes. You, I, I got posters all over my... <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate to break your heart like this, but I'm about... I really want to start a campaign against him ever having contact or having a pet again ever oh no again he, when, no, no. he's up to again, something yes. again oh. well first it was the hamster then it was the monkey and now it's a beautiful american bulldog puppy named karma this guy just should not be around animals period paragraph he can do whatever he wants with stuff but when he's messing with little animals that's where i'm going to draw the line on the beef that's it well i look at the bright side these animals that Which probably is. weren't cared for very well because of this are yeah. now in, in hopefully in homes that they are being cared for. They got for a second now. chance. Yeah. Good for yeah, them. Absolutely. They got away from him. Yeah. <laughs> Today's hero is a very young 84-year-old woman from Northeast Chicago, Dolores Jefferson. I'm going to just call her Dolly. Is that okay, Dolly? I wish it. Yes, that's how, fine. How are you doing today? I'm good. I want you to tell me about your neighbor's dog, Roxy, and what happened that uh, you, you saved Roxy's life, pretty much. I guess so. <laughs> well, what happened? What were you doing? Well, I took my morning coffee out into my back room, and we have a big window in the back room. And I looked out, and my neighbor has an above-the-ground swimming pool. Uh-huh. And I saw Roxy kind of running but normally she's a really swift, sleek dog, and she runs very fast. But she was barely, you know, going fast at all. And then I looked up and I saw this coyote behind her. Mm. So wow. I dropped my coffee and I ran out and started screaming and yelling and waving my arms. And uh, the I, I distracted the coyote long enough that Roxy was able to get through the bushes into her own home. And uh, then when I turned, my son had come out. He works nights, and he's running out in his pajamas thinking I fell or something. Uh And as he came out, we saw there was a pack of three more coyotes. Oh, 
Wow. Coyote was trying to do was <clears throat> to push Roxy towards the pack. Uh huh. How big is Roxy? Probably 35 pounds. She's an Egyptian pharaoh dog. She's small. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she's got a kind of a long snout. <clears throat> and we uh, after this happened, she had two puncture oh, marks wow. under her eyes. I guess the coyotes like clamped down on their nose so they can't breathe. Yeah. So weren't so, you afraid? I would. I would have been afraid. Oh, I didn't think. <laughs> I just saw Roxy in trouble, and I'm like, "Oh my God! I don't want anything to happen to her." So, and then uh, before this happened, my uh, nephew had had a dog taken by a coyote, oh. and so he and my son got together and we researched everything. And so they're telling me, "Yeah, if anything happens, just yell, my soul." That's what I did. But you didn't expect anything to happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I understand yeah. that uh, the uh, dog's owner, Roxy's parents, bought yes. you a bullhorn. Yes, I have that. <laughs> so, so if you see any more coyotes in the future, you can just use the bullhorn, huh? That's right. <laughs> and then all the neighbors will come out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll have backup. I think that it sounds like Dolly that they're trying to set you up for like neighborhood watch, you know, to <laughs> give you give you the bullhorn, a whistle, and uh, you know, tell those coyotes to get the heck out. Well, it was kind of cool because the newspaper came out and uh, also some of the TV channels, and felt like I was twenty years old again. <laughs> well, you certainly act like it. Now, I'll do you have you. any animals? Yeah. Oh, I have a wonderful dog. We got him from a, a woman and didn't know he had been abused. Oh. And something, whatever she did, it she did it to his back legs. Uh-oh. And uh, he's a part terrier, part sheep dog, and part husky. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the most beautiful blue eyes. He, you know, He's a little rambunctious, but uh, <laughs> we, we took him to the vets, and they decided not to do anything with his hips and legs as long as he could get around. So he's an arthritis pills like everybody else in the world, yep. I guess. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, he's lucky to have you. Let me yes, tell you that I right know. now. He doesn't have to worry about any coyotes. Yeah, I know. Not with you around. <clears throat> well, he's about 65 pounds. However, we, I always put him on a chain. Sure. At night, so I had put him out to go potty, and I saw the chain pull. So I called my son, and he ran out. And here there was a coyote, like nose to nose with Kisuk. Wow! What? And so Brian pulled him in really fast, and used uh, he has an air horn. Used that, and the coyote went. But uh, they've been so plentiful around here this yeah. year sounds like it sounds like you got a lot of yeah. coyotes around there it, yeah they uh three o'clock in the afternoon you can see one or two walking down the street Jeez. uh that was up until the well the end of last month now i haven't seen too many well that's because words getting around yeah, they've that heard you're about on you. watch yeah yeah <laughs> that's right yep. that's ahead. a funny thing though if i can just because a lot of people think that we don't see coyotes and anytime you see them it just means they're sick but there's a lot of urbanization of coyotes now and they're really in populated busy city areas now so they're used of, to us you know, yeah, yeah we're domesticating yeah. them <laughs> 
Yeah, so they're not afraid. really have to be on alert. You know what? How more or less you're right. That's that's more or less what we're doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we're supplying their food chain now. Yeah, we got to watch that. And we we hear so many stories about coyotes and the unfortunate demise of mostly smaller animals. Mm-hmm. And I know ladybug. We, when we see a big bird just around, we, we're frightened that the bird's going to come down and, and pick, yeah, we have pick hawks, ladybug, hawk, yeah, yeah, us <laughs> too. Well, I just you know, if you were here now, we'd all give you a collective hug, just because. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Dolly, for being our hero of the week, and go give your dog a big old hug from all of us, will you? Oh, I will, and just to mention really fast, I had a young lady whom I've never heard of in Minnetonka. Minnesota sent me a card, a very nice thank you card, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> you might hear from people all over the country now. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yippee. Yeah. <laughs> be well, Dolly, and oh, take care of yourself. Give that dog a hug, and oh, I will. keep being the great person you are. Oh, well, I'll just be me. Okay. <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Hey, do you remember remember the Mike Douglas show? Yes, I do, actually. Okay, I I know I'm dating myself now, but it's funny because when I was a kid, and I still remember the story, and I forget what the actor, who the actor was, and the actor had... um, um, Scottish Terriers, and he was out in the woods, and he was walking with his dog, and um, um, coyotes started coming around, and he started noticing them, and there was more than one, there was two. Well, instead of, you know, him running out of the woods with his dog, um, he got out of there quick, and the dog um, just went deeper into the woods, and he couldn't get the dog, and he said he heard dogs screaming and fighting, and he said about an hour later, um, his dog came walking out of the woods covered in blood, and... um, you know, they washed the dog off, and there was no puncture wounds, no nothing. Well, the Scotty got the got the best of the coyote, and actually um, wow. tore the throat out of the coyote, and um, and left him and left him for dead in in, in the woods. You see, Whoa. the small dogs That's a have, street smart dog. Yeah, and they have yeah. no idea how small they are. You know, all the small yeah. dogs think they're big dogs. Well, you know, what well those Scottish terriers have teeth like big dogs. Yeah. Um, and and they got a big strong head. You know, they're all head on a little body and yeah. with, a, with a lot of. Teeth. Teeth, so I've heard that the coyotes actually trick the dogs. They come up and they do the play bow that the dogs recognize, mm-hmm. and then they run off. And then the dog thinks, "Oh, this is a game," and they chase after them. Well, they are chased right into a pack and surrounded. We had that last week. Boss went up against a, a coyote in our really? neighborhood. Yeah, we were walking in the morning, and and he was growling and getting all you know puffing his chest out. And I'm like, "What the heck? What the heck?" And uh-huh. you know, we're walking ahead, and we see this coyote. It's about the size of a husky. It was a big one. And I was like, holy cow, I got, you know, my Nikki girl's his backup. So I'm like, get up there, girl. <laughs> Little guy scared this the coyote away. And he, he was uh, kind of like a, the Scotty. He wasn't backing down. <laughs> wow. You know, I noticed them plentiful out here in California. They um, are. Especially, yeah, they, they really are. I mean, when, when in New Jersey, you didn't see them. You've seen black bear more than you've seen them. This is Animal Radio, baby. Hey, it's Alan Cable. Got an email from a listener. How do I stop my dog from jumping on people? That's a pretty common problem. Chances are you're unwittingly rewarding your dog for jumping on you. I was at the dog park the other day. There was a nice lady there. We got into a conversation. She kept going, go ahead. 
play, play, come on, come on, to her dog. And uh, I finally said, your dog is playing. Every time you say that, you're confusing him because he runs over and jumps on you. He's already doing what you want and doesn't know what you want him to do. He's going to play on his own. All you have to do is stand there. And he really doesn't understand what you're saying. It was interesting for me. I could see the confusion in her dog, but she couldn't. He was already playing with another dog. Every time she started saying this stuff, he stopped to run over and jump on her. Dogs don't understand your sentences. They do get your tone, though, whether you're in a good mood or a bad mood. So when the dog was jumping on her, she was getting more excited with her voice, but shooing him away with her hands. So he's confused. It's just all confusing. I'm confused. Anyway, if your dog is jumping on you and other people, especially when you're greeting him, don't speak to him in a positive manner. Make sure there are no rewards for your dog when he's jumping on you or other people. Even dog lovers who tell you they don't mind your dog's jumping, tell them, no, 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 no. Dogs can't distinguish between, oh, I can jump on him, but I can't jump on her. It's either all or nothing with a dog. He can either jump on everybody or nobody. We always talk about setting your dog up for success, so think about how you'd be setting your dog up for failure if you scolded him for jumping on one person, but rewarded him for jumping on you or another. Wouldn't that be unfair and confusing and create anxiety in you if you were that dog? Well, that's what it does. So if your dog jumps on you when you get home, make it a non-event. Don't talk to your dog. Don't greet him for about 15 minutes after you get home. This will make your dog calmer, less anxious. Then when you do say hi, bend over and pet him at his level. This way he doesn't have to jump on you. And finally, teach your dog the sit and off commands. You do this by correcting your dog quickly and sternly when he jumps on you. And then when he sits, you tell him he's a good dog. Happy Holidays from your friends at Fido Friendly Magazine. The fall-winter issue is available now for your dog to sniff out all the great Fido Friendly hotels and great products to set all tails wagging. This is the must-have issue of the year, so subscribe today at FidoFriendly.com. Make this a gift for an additional $10 for your Fido-loving friends and have a Fido fabulous holiday. This is Animal Radio. And let's take another one for Dr. Debbie. We have Mark on the phone. Hey, Mark, what's up? Yeah, I'm an 11-year-old rat terrier, and he's never had his teeth cleaned. And I'm getting a lot of frightening numbers when I just called around to vets. Is there any way of doing this in a cheaper way? Okay. $800 and stuff like that. Okay. Oh, gosh. You know, Mark, it's it's really hard to give an accurate number for a dental cleaning over the phone, first of all, um, especially if your baby's never had teeth cleaning. Um, in the 11 years, there's a lot of stuff that can settle in and a lot of problems that can settle along those gums. Um, right. So the hard thing is to try to find a price-conscious price, conscious price uh, for a dental cleaning and one that's going to still do, do your doggy uh, justice. So for me, I'd make sure if you're getting those quotes over the phone, the first thing would be to make sure you do get someone to actually look in your dog's mouth and to see because some dog mouths are really quite horrendous and have a lot of work that needs to be done others may not be so bad so before you make that judgment on on where you're going to go with things um, get that uh, you know eyeball on your dog's eye uh, mouth if you will Um, but as far as uh, cost of the dental cleaning it's going to depend a lot on what we've got going on so a basic dental cleaning may just in be scaling, polishing, taking tartar off the teeth. But if we've got loose teeth, we need antibiotics, or if there's going to be the need for surgical extractions, then that price definitely goes up. So um, while I don't have a 
guess an easy answer for that. Um, you might just check around, do a little bit of shopping. Um, but some other alternatives for folks, if you're looking for dental care and maybe you need that and you know you need an $800 dental cleaning that entails extractions and antibiotics and pain medicine and you know that's something your dog needs, you can look for some other resources if you're looking to get some help for that. One tip might be to check if you're in a state that has a veterinary school, um, they train veterinarians to clean dogs' teeth. Um, and many uh, schools also, many states also have veterinary technology programs. So basically the vet nurses that do this procedure in the vet offices. So if you check to see if those type of uh, schools are in your area, you might be able to come in um, at a discounted rate. Um, kind of like my mom, when we were kids, we always went to the hairdresser and it was the hairdresser school. Um, so we never really had a professional uh, haircut when we were kids. But, you know, hey, it was great. It helped, you know, future hairstylists get a good education, and my mom saved some money on that. So there's no harm in that. So um, if you need some resources there, you can check out uh, veterinaryschools.com as well as just searching for veterinary uh, accredited schools. Um, outside of that, if you're looking for other assistance financially for veterinary care, um, the Humane Society does have a listing of some different resources state by state that you might be able to find to help you with the costs of um, veterinary care. Um, but I guess the bottom line here, Mark, is that when we have those teeth that haven't been touched by a veterinarian in 11 years, it's, it's going to take some work. Um, so um, I would be cautious. Um, anybody can clean teeth, but if we leave diseased teeth in, then we're not doing and your doggy any good. So um, unfortunately, cost uh, may guide you towards the best veterinary care that your doggy needs. Okay. I have another question. He just went through a bout with um, being constipated pretty bad. I mean, I got to the point I was giving him enemas and stuff. Uh, I don't know what caused it. He eats pretty good food, cleaner one beyond, and, and uh, okay. has no in it or anything. Also, he still has a little bit of trouble constipation. I have a question about bones. He loves bones. And I know uh, the cow bones, he can't chew them up and eat them so much. He leaves it behind. But I know with the pork bones, he can chew them and eat them and swallow the whole bone. Is that bad for him? Yeah, yeah, I am not a fan of bones, I'll tell you that. Any bones, whether they're cow bones or pork bones, any bone that a dog chews on can be exercised for the teeth. Now, if your doggy has rotten teeth and he needs them cleaned, I'm going to tell you, take those bones away, because that's going to be painful for him while he, until he gets his teeth taken care of. But any bones that dogs chew... They can break off shards, get those stuck. Um, I've seen bone shards go down the esophagus, get puncture through into the respiratory tract. It can really be some bad stuff. So it's not the best way to deal with um, maintaining dental care. Um, And then I also want to ask you, regarding the constipation thing there, Mark, um, is your dog neutered? Yes. He is. Okay, great. Because um, that would be something that can be a cause. If a dog's not neutered, a male dog's not neutered, they can have prostate problems. Oh. So, so yeah, that, you might you might make sure you get your your little guy into the vet and just um, you know have them look at from head to toe and see what's going on there. Dietary wise, a lot of times we can uh, find some solutions for constipation, and you know sometimes something as simple as giving canned pumpkin can help kind of loosen up the stools or even bulk them up a little bit. So. Yeah, I did that once. He, he ate it once, and he wouldn't touch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan of pumpkin pies. <laughs> well, I hope that's helpful for you there, Mark. And, and give your your old fella there, 11-year-old rat here, give him a pat on the head from us and uh, all our best doggy wishes for him. All right, thank you. I'll look into that vet school. Yeah, the dental 
dental cleaning, something you got to do because you can get a lot of fatal diseases if you don't do that. Is it generally more expensive for a cat or a dog to get their teeth cleaned? You know, I think it tends to be more expensive for cats because most people don't see the need for a regular preventative care for cats, so it gets a lot more advanced. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, with anything, prevention, prevention, sometimes that 150 to $250 bill seems like a lot for a regular cleaning. But, you know, if it helps put off these bigger problems down the road, mm. um, it, it really can be a savings. But he was talking about $800. Yeah. It, yeah. But that isn't just a cleaning. That's probably a pet who has periodontal disease. So we've already got erosion of the gums. There's advanced uh, dental disease. It probably smells pretty putrid. And you know what? I bet it also includes blood work and things of that nature for an old elderly dog. In generally, yeah. Like in my office, uh, you know, a dog of that age would have blood work. We'd have an IV in place. And, you know, they, they get antibiotics because we know there's infection. We don't want to disturb those bacteria, send those into the bloodstream, and have those cause problems. So we want to make sure we protect the babies. And for God's sake, get rid of those bones. And even yeah. even rawhide, too. I guess uh, compressed rawhide is what you re- recommend, right. isn't it? Yeah, I'm a fan of that just because it lasts longer, gives them a good chewing ability. Um, but, you know, any pet that has injured teeth, if they're, they have advanced dental disease or we have problem teeth, that's not how we want to intervene. So I, that's when I take those chew toys away and make sure we get the teeth taken care of before you, we introduce that. Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book. Biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book. No matter what genre, Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Well, adopting a pet should be a commitment for life. We know that. But sometimes it's not always the case. So what options are there for an unwanted fish? Well, in San Francisco, federal park officials are building an amnesty pond, that's what they're calling it, for pet fish that become homeless. The idea came after people started dumping their fish into Mountain Lake on the outskirts of Presidio Park, and that began causing problems with the native species and the restoration of the lake. Got your Christmas tree up yet? Got a cat? Well, those two things really don't mix that well, do they? The ASPCA is out with its annual warnings about the holidays and pets. Now, you know cats love anything shiny, so tinsel really gets their attention. But if they eat it, it can block their intestines and cause a lot of trouble. They also are going to probably want to climb that tree, so make sure it's really anchored so it doesn't fall over. And chocolate, well, it's a favorite in Christmas stockings. I know I like to find some there. But dogs and cats can smell it even through the wrappers, so if you have pets, it's better not to put any chocolate in the stockings. Chocolate can make pets sick, and it can also be lethal. Okay, so I'm thinking Justin Bieber should not have any more pets, period. Mm-hmm. Done. He's, I'm serious. This guy has a bad track record. He's now abandoned his American bulldog puppy. Bieber got the puppy about this time last year and left her with a trainer in February to learn her manners. Well, he hasn't been back to get her. 
yet, and he won't return calls from the trainer. In December of 2012, he randomly gave his pet hamster to a fan at a concert, and he abandoned a baby capuchin monkey that he got as a gift in Germany when he flew into that country without the proper papers, and she was confiscated. She's now safe at a German zoo, but I just don't think the Beeb and pets really should go together anymore. Just my opinion. I don't think Bieber and breathing should go together. Well, that too. But. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> or oh, just wait 20 years from now, he'll be playing the piano bars in Fresno. <laughs> I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. There's nothing that Joey Volani likes more than taking his hog out, feeling the hair, air blows through his hair. I got to say, why is it you don't take Miles out on the hog with you? Seems like a thing to do. What am I going to put him on a back seat? No, get one of those sidecars that you can attach to the motorcycle. That's all the rage, I swear. I don't know. I don't feel feel comfortable with that. Really? You know what? Well, I'll put it this way. How about I'll I'll sit you in the sidecar and you go out with me and and see how comfortable you are in it? Oh, Your driving's that bad, Joey? Yeah. (laughs) I know. I think the driving's good, but I don't know. I don't don't know how how much fun it would be to sit in a sidecar on a motorcycle. Well, you got to have the doggles on just to make it all safe and everything. Uh, but there's a lot of dogs that actually do this. So much so that there's a movie called Sit, Stay, Ride, the story of America's sidecar dogs, where they've actually found 15 sidecar dogs and 18 motorcyclists to talk about their experience. And I welcome to the show the director and producer, Eric uh, Ristow. Is it Ristow? Uh, it's Risto, but thanks. Uh, I, I really do appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on today. So are there really that many sidecar dogs that you can make a movie about it? You know, that was the question we had when we started. Uh, we we just ran into a guy uh, up in Seattle who, who had a dog in a sidecar. It was an unrelated uh, a project we were working on. And this guy was just a, a character and such a fun guy. And his dog was terrific. And they made such a, a fun image going down the road that we said, you know, let's, let's do a little research, see, we, see who else we can find. And at first, it was actually kind of tough. But once we started to discover some of these people across the country going on some of the online forums and looking around YouTube, we started to find a lot of them. And then once we once we put out a website saying, hey, we're going to make this film, and man, they came out of the woodwork. <laughs> Literally hundreds of people emailed us. And ballpark, we sort of thought, you know, in the end, there must be about five or 800 of these people across the country. And that's a, wow. that's a very non-scientific way to, way to gauge it. But there's a lot of folks doing it, and I think it's a lot of fun. They really seem to enjoy it. Do the dogs enjoy it? You know, that's one of the things we went into this wondering. We're 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 dog people. We have a couple of rescue dogs. We would, would never want to ha- force them to do anything we wouldn't think they would enjoy. And so that was one of the big questions. You know, is this a person who's doing it for their own pleasure and this sort of cute image of the dog in the sidecar with the goggles on, or is it something the dog actually enjoys? And in every single case. The dog goes berserk to get in that sidecar. Way more excited than to get in the car. There was not one individual that we interviewed who I felt like was taking this dog along for show and that the dog wasn't having fun. They absolutely seemed to love it. Well, when you think of the proverbial dog sticking his head out the window, this is... What kind of dogs do you see? Do you see like a a certain breed or is it just all across the board? It's absolutely across the board and... uh, 
you know, it's I think any anywhere from little small dogs, uh, you know, Wizard of Oz Toto sized dogs, all the way up to a hundred and thirty five pound bull mastiff who's in the movie, who's this giant of a dog, and. Most of the dogs are rescues. We found that to be kind of an interesting coincidence that these motorcyclists had generally uh, found rescue dogs as their as their uh, as their companions. So there were some interesting things that we had, that we didn't expect. But all the way, you know, a couple pound little dog named Dixie who lives in the Central Valley of California, uh, up to a Bruce, uh, this great big huge bull mastiff, and everywhere in between. You know, there were all kinds of breeds of dogs and. Uh, they all seem to love it equally. I got to ask, though. Okay, I'm the veterinarian here, and what about safety? I mean, are these dogs just in the sidecar, or do they jump out, or you know, is there any kind of safety harness for them? Yeah, there is actually. That's an entire chapter in the film is about the incredible care and safety that these people take taking their dog along in the sidecar, and almost. Almost every person we interviewed had some kind of safety harness that they had put a lot of time into devising. There isn't anything on the open market that you can buy that's, you know, a dog sidecar harness. But, you know, using the chest harnesses, using some some webbing and some leads to then attach them to the sidecar. But when we started thinking, well, that's fine. Keeps them from jumping out after a squirrel. But what happens in an accident? Mm -hmm. Well, most of these people also had a clip. It built into the system between the, the metal rings that would break in case of a of an accident where there's a lot of G-forces. And in fact, in the film, a guy talks about getting in a wreck. He had a, the front end of his motorcycle break, and it sort of threw him over the handlebars and flipped the sidecar over. Just as he designed this this uh, harness to break, uh, it did, and the dog was completely unharmed. And you hardly ever hear about sidecar wrecks. I mean, these people are incredibly cautious. They're not out on the freeway typically. They're, you know, on slower side roads. Most sidecars don't go very fast. So between the doggles for their eye protection, uh, all manner of clothing to keep them warm or keep them cool, people are putting bags of ice on the floor, under the floorboards of the sidecar in case it's uh, too warm, but, but almost exclusively um, you see people with these harnesses and people being very, very cautious about how they approach it. Mm. How long is the flick? About 76 minutes. So it's a, considered a full length a movie, a little on the shorter full length side, but it's full length. And this is our first sort of labor of love project. We decided to, to do a Kickstarter campaign to help us fund That's the rest of the... That's where I saw that. This is where I <laughs> saw you first was on Kickstarter, I thought. And so you raised all the money that you needed to, I guess. Yeah, the film is about a third of the way finished, and we found all of these great people on the other side of the country. We're in Montana. There were people all over the place. And we thought, you know, we're going to need to fly around and and really spend some time getting this film finished. So we raised some money on Kickstarter, and we had over 650 people contribute and help us, you know, raise the funds to buy a bunch of airline tickets. So, you know, we were able to get that get that done but you know it, the, the film is basically a series of little biographies little vignettes about these different people living in different places in the united states sort of their relationship with their dog their bit of their story and then a, a lot of them riding down the highway and the sort of uh, things they like to do together and then interspersed we have these discussions with everybody who was interviewed about different elements whether it be safety whether it be the joy that the dog seems to experience the the relationship that they have with their dog and why traveling with their companion is so important to them. These people are typically motorcyclists who get a sidecar specifically to take their dog with them. 
And so, that impressed us because a sidecar motorcycle is not that sort of sporty, sweeping around the corners kind of thing. It, <laughs> it rides a little more like a truck. You don't get to lean. You don't get to have that kind of fun. So people are sacrificing that sort of experience to take their pal along with them. So was it all dogs or did anybody take any other kind of animal? Uh, we had a guy who claimed that he used to take an iguana. We didn't get to see that, though. But the, all of these folks were dog, uh, dog owners. How do we see the movie? Well, if you'd like to see it, you can uh, watch it either online, streaming through Vimeo On Demand, or you can buy a DVD. We're really attempting to raise awareness for rescue dogs. You know, these many, many of these dogs in the film are rescues, and they... Uh, rescues all across the country need as much help as they can get. And so we're contributing 100% of local screenings that people may want to uh, to host through a uh, animal rescue organization or host a screening in a theater. And 100% of those uh, proceeds will go to local animal rescue organizations and then 25% of DVD and on-demand sales and T-shirts and all that kind of stuff are being contributed to, uh, to those organizations as well. Links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Director and producer joining us, Eric Risto, like as in Cristo, the guy who's doing big blankets. <laughs> you got That's it. how I remember it. It sounds like a great movie. I'm going to go check it out. Sit, stay, ride, the story of America's sidecar dogs. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks very much. Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book. Biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book. No matter what genre, Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide, packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. Hey folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, stay or neuter your animals today. Ladies and gentlemen, the dog father. My topic today is a little bit different because I'm not going to, it's not so much a tip as more of a buyer beware. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was asked to um, go speak um, for the, the Groomers Association of the state of New Jersey um, in front of the assembly um, because a bill came up um, looking to license pet groomers because pet groomers aren't licensed. So what I want to tell everyone is, you know what, before you bring any of your pets to a professional grooming salon, there's a lot of questions that you want to ask and a lot of things that you want to, you know, be concerned with. Number one, the first thing I would ask them is you want a tour of the salon. If they're not coming out and telling you, you know, how your pet is handled and where it's kenneled and and um, safety and sanitation, it's things that you want to ask. You want to see it. You want to see where what the, the, the tables your pet is going to be standing on. You want to see the kennels that your dog is going to be put in um, for the holding time while it's in the grooming salon. You want to see where it's going to be bathed. You want to know if drying kennels are being used. And you want to get the response. The bottom line is this. If you don't like the answer that you're getting because it's really all common sense is what it comes down to 
I would take my dog out of there. I mean, we are actively trying to get groomers licensed so it's a safer experience for your pet, for the groomer. And you know what? You have a happy pet that comes home. So you know what? Don't just leave them. Ask them for a full tour. Pick their brains. And if you're comfortable and you feel, you know what, this is the place that I want to leave my pet, well, you're probably making a good decision at that point. It's kind of the same with veterinarians. Kind of picking veterinarians. Mm -hmm. Kick the tires there. But the difference is veterinarians have a governing board that Mm -hmm. they have to actually answer to. Um, Groomers don't, which was very surprising because I had grooming schools that were governed by the Board of Educations of the state of New Jersey and the state of Kentucky. So we had to answer to these people. But once these groomers left, our wing there was no one else that they ever had to answer to so anyone could actually go out there and be a professional pet groomer and not have any qualifications we want to change it we absolutely want to change it we're we're not we're not fighting it whatever but i think it's important until this happens that people are a little bit more diligent of you know of and knowing where they're dropping their pets off and what's going on is this only in the new jersey area or where will this well believe it or not this bill is being passed in new jersey Similar ones um, have tried to have been passed in California, um, Pennsylvania, and Colorado actually has something in place that's not real, real strict as the one in New Jersey. But the bottom line is there needs to be some sort of standard, um, you know, for groomers nationwide. And and again, and you know what? It's it's not out of line if you want to stay with your pet. We used to have people stay there at least for once. I mean, you're not going to want to stay after the first grooming because it's not the most fun experience for someone's just sitting there getting hair on them. But you know what? You can see what goes on. You can see how your pet is handling it, if, they, if they're enjoying it, and if the groomer seems to be professional and how they're keeping their place clean and disinfected and all of that. And it's all stuff, you know, you just know where. Fluffy's going, man's best friend, you know? Check it out. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home at the vet. And everywhere in between, visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey, it's Vinny Penn coming at you, your party animal on Animal Radio. Hope you're all doing well. Saw a preview for a movie recently. I'm- it's the Jackie Chan movie. That's what it is, where he's, it's an age-old riff. It's a comedy, but he's a nanny for a bunch of kids. And at one point, he feeds their pet pig some bacon. And the little girl at the table just says, that's just wrong. And during the preview, the, the kids in the theater erupted, and it's found this this really hysterical. Uh, I, I don't even know why people have pet pigs. They just never struck me as... This is because this became some trend years ago, I think, thanks to George Clooney and Luke Perry. Well, maybe George Clooney. But nonetheless, my daughter turns around and looks at me and says, well, what's so funny about that? Why is everybody laughing at that? And I said, well, it's kind of sick. You know, they're feeding a pig bacon. Uh, You know, bacon is pig. My daughter looked at me like, what are you saying to me? And she's a pretty bright little girl. And I said, well, bacon is, you know, that we get that from the pig. And she said, well, what do you mean? And then I really I made it even worse. I'm like, you know, bacon, ham, 
what she heard now ham was down the two basically what i did was invented i created a vegetarian i think that day and bacon was like my daughter's favorite thing uh and it's now that's it there's no reason to even buy it anymore and even seeing it in the house uh i think would would send her off the deep end uh, but literally i don't think she has any idea what she's eating when she's eating it not long afterwards she had she was eating a hot dog and she was like daddy what's this hot dog made from and i'm just thinking you know should the answer be oink oink <laughs> please eat honey vinny fed party animal on animal radio Hey, there it went again. Thanks so much to Lindsey Grant. Dolly Jefferson, amazing 84 years young Dolly Jefferson. Had a lot of fun with her today. Also, Eric Ristow, thank you so much for joining us. Remember, you can catch more Animal Radio on the Animal Radio app for your iPhone or Android or BlackBerry. It's a free download. And you can even ask your questions during the week right from the app. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio on this fine station. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. is Animal Radio Network. Network.